0: Welcome to the Sprint to Profit Podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies, along with some great guidance for your overall business, then you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sprint to Profit Podcast for Amazon sellers. This podcast was developed by and for Amazon sellers to give you the latest strategies that are working right now to grow your Amazon business profitably, as well as how to plan for your future growth and lifestyle. So if you're currently selling on Amazon or looking to get started in selling private label products on Amazon, then you're in the right place to learn more about the processes and strategies it takes to develop a long term sustainable business that puts income in your pocket month after month and year after year. Now, today, we wanted to talk about a big issue that all Amazon sellers are facing right now and how to work around it and make sure that doesn't stop you from growing your business.
0: Yeah, that's right. Because, you know, in business in general, there's always going to be what we call speed bumps, right? Not brick walls, but speed bumps that's going to hit us occasionally. And really, we just need to find a way to leap over these and not stop us actually, you know, stop the momentum that we've got in our business. Mm So now, saying that, what we're going to talk about today is definitely a major issue for all FBA sellers, and that is that Amazon has nicely, for us, put inventory restrictions on pretty much every product that is shipped into their FBA warehouses. So before, you know, you've got limits on your account overall, but it was never done on a product-by-product basis. So right now, depending on what your rate of sale is, um, you're going to have different inventory limits and I know this is hitting a lot of people, regardless of how much you're selling. Um, and so you have to get really, really focused on managing your inventory, number one, right? But then there's an even bigger issue, because if you actually want to launch a new product in the next few months, uh, essentially, they've limited that, any new product to only 200 units at the start. Mind you, that, that pretty much tells you the average sales of probably a new product on Amazon as well, right?
1: Yeah, It's pretty much telling you that most new sellers don't know what the hell they're doing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of, it's mind blowing really, 200 units, right? Because we're just like, wow, that's just our promotional volume. If that, right. But what does that mean for us? Well, it means that we really need to find a way to launch products that doesn't just rely on Amazon FBA sales. So remember Amazon FBA being using Amazon warehouses and fulfillment. Uh, Because if you did that, you're going to be constantly running out of stock because as we always say, you want to plan for success and hitting the forecast that you want to hit. So today what we're going to do we're going to cover exactly how to launch your products with confidence even in the face of this to really still hit your sales and profit goals from now until the end of this inventory restriction period because quite frankly we don't know when it's going to stop really so we have to kind of shift and move our focus to really understanding how we're actually going to launch in this period because it could go on for quite some time.
1: Yeah, and we're not the kind of people that panic about everything. We're the kind of people that solve the problems and, and react accordingly. Um, so there are a lot of people panicking out there. Um, so we just want to know I want you to know that there are plans and processes in place to to you know get over this hurdle. Um, so today we're going to cover you know how to, how you launch new products using a storage strategy that incorporates both third party fulfillment centers and Amazon FBA basically so that you still get visibility and ranking on Amazon search terms, you know, the ones that customers are looking for, for your products. Also how to make sure you can keep your Amazon FBA stock, you know, of new and current products refilled without running out because that's going to happen. You're going to kind of refill, restock, run out, whatever. You got to have backup plans and and plans in place to kind of make sure that you're, you're not doing this, especially, you know, coming up into quarter four when this is absolutely paramount that you have enough stock in, in, in inventory. We're also going to talk about how to switch your sales from FBA to FBM as needed in order to accommodate the inventory levels at Amazon and your third-party logistics center. You kind of have to have an eye on two different balls now, instead of just looking at your inventory in Amazon, you got to also have an idea of how much is in you know, your FBM. So either where you're storing it at your home or at a third-party fulfillment center or whatever, you need to know where those, how many units are or where, right? And also we're gonna talk about how to increase your storage limit at Amazon's FBA warehouses over time, you know, obviously through selling the products. But let's first start with the launch process for new products because this is a pretty tricky scenario.
0: Yeah, right. So the thing about launching new products is that we've got, you know, historically, we've always talked about ordering enough inventory so you don't run out, right? So typically, depending on what your forecasted sales are, but a typical product would be kind of probably 20 units a day or something like that. That's what we're kind of aiming for usually means you need at least 1,500 to 2,000 units. Or, you know, really what we're working on is two to three month stock. So whatever that forecasted sales is for you, that's what we want to order. Now, we still definitely recommend doing this type of strategy for your first products because you want to launch with a big bang and get all that love from Amazon at the start of your product's life cycle. So we're not suggesting here that you kind of drip feed in stock as you go and hope that it sells. You still want to have the same strategy You just want a different inventory management system. As as Isaac said, you know, you've got like two bits that you're going to be managing.
1: Yeah, and you're not going to order 200 units at the start and say, well, that's all that Amazon lets me order, so that's all I'm going to order.
0: Exactly. Can you imagine?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're ordering every two days, like, oh, I've ran out again. Oh, man, I'm out again.
0: Yeah, because if you think about it, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because if that's all you're doing, you've got – and then you've got all that lead time on the back end, getting the stock in from wherever you're getting it from – you're never going to get momentum on that product. So it really doesn't make sense. So that's why we have to look for other solutions. So as we know, we want to go with that big bang. It's going to propel you then to the top of the search rankings faster. And then that's when you start to get momentum in the business. We've got other podcast episodes where we go through what that strategy looks like. Now, of course, we used to send all that inventory directly to Amazon with no issues. Now we can only send in a small portion. So what do we suggest that you do? So that's really where you're going to have to work with a third-party logistics company, 3PL, you've probably heard it called, um, other warehouse other than Amazon, or FBM fulfilled by merchant, right? So that's in Amazon terms. And we're going to have a link to a few 3PLs that we would recommend in the show notes and you can get quotes from them, right? So essentially what they are is, if you think about Amazon warehousing your products, it's like that, but they don't, they're do not they not owned by Amazon, right? Um, and there are API systems that connect directly through to Amazon's system. So when the customer literally places the order, the order, instead of going to Amazon's warehouse, goes to the 3PL warehouse and someone else in the 3PL warehouse picks and packs it and ships it out, right? So that's how it works. It works exactly the same way. It's just owned by a different company. It's not within Amazon's system itself. Um, But essentially what what that means is, is that um, you need a 3PL that's going to literally send that direct to the customer, right? So that's what you're looking for is a 3PL warehouse, houses the products, gets the order direct from Amazon, can link through to Amazon and then ship it direct to the customer. Also in terms of costs, it usually does cost a little bit more, contrary to popular belief, because we've had lots of using these 3PLs in the past thinking that we can save costs. Um, It's usually on a par or maybe it might be a little bit more because, you know, Amazon's got this massive, you know, um, infrastructure. So they get really good low shipping rates. But again, it's a short-term solution to a problem that is going to go away over time, especially as you then start to increase your sales anyway.
1: Yeah. And the idea that, you know, this is going to last forever, I, I, you know, we hope it doesn't, obviously, but, you know, just based on the, the what Amazon's saying, you know, they're saying that they're building quite a few new fulfillment centers. I think I heard it was something like It was like 30 to 50 new fulfillment centers in just the United States alone. And they're hiring a bunch of new employees. I mean, in the first quarter of this year, and the second quarter of this year, I mean, Amazon's, you know, value increased exponentially, uh, like something like 40% from, uh, you know, previous uh, valuation or whatever, which is insane. So, yeah, they've got some money. They're going to try to fix this infrastructure problem. And, you know, they're, they're basically it's going to take time though, right? So like, you're going to have to plan this for probably the next six months um, to work around this right now. You know, maybe after the holidays, you know, demand will go down and then these these restrictions will kind of lift a little bit. Uh, but you can't just assume that's going to happen. And even if so, you still need to plan for quarter four. So what we want to talk about is just kind of first, how you actually ship this inventory, because, you know, you most of us get our products, um, you know, manufactured in, uh, you know, Asia, somewhere, China, Korea, Hong Kong, Taiwan, something like that. And you have to ship these things, you know, across the sea, you know, if you're selling in the UK or US, it doesn't matter. You still have these same restrictions. So let's just say you have 2000 units to ship into Amazon. Okay, well, you can only send 200 units in Amazon FBA. So go ahead and do that. Make sure that that shipping plan is set up, you're going to send 200 units there. If you live in the US, you may send, you know, five, six, 700, you know, units to your home. So maybe five or six boxes to your home. So you can ship those into Amazon FBA as your FBA inventory starts selling. So like for me, I live in Las Vegas, there actually is a fulfillment center here, I'm sending some inventory to myself. So that way, I don't have to be charged by a 3PL to actually send it into Amazon. And it should get checked in because because there's actually a fulfillment center here, it'll be a little bit quicker than sending it from, you know, fulfillment center. Or sorry, from a three PL warehouse to a fulfillment center, and that might go across the country to like Tennessee or something. Whereas I can just ship it directly to a a closer one near me, so I can save some money, save some time, get those things checked in, and also I, you know, I can kind of manage that a little easier because I know that that where you know the the inventory is right there in my garage or wherever I put it in my home, and I can see that it's there. So it's like you know broad daylight. I know how much I have. Um, If you don't live in the U.S. or just don't want to handle that any any of your inventory or handle that part of it you know you can actually ship all the remaining inventory to a 3pl warehouse as they're called so you know i can ship you know out of the 2200 amazon 1800 to you know a 3pl and just as amazon inventory starts to sell down ship more into the actual uh, amazon fulfillment center as you know from the 3pl this is a little tricky because it does take some time. So pretty much as soon as you're able to create a shipping plan, that's when you pretty much have to start creating the shipping plans. It's like you don't wait for like 50 units or whatever. You, as soon as you're allowed to ship a case in, you pretty much have to ship that case in. So it's, it's, you got to be pretty quick about this. Um, the other thing that you'll actually have to do is Amazon has uh, what they call conditions. So you have your FBA listing, which is just normally how we run things and that's just this is my listing. Then you have to create what's called an FBM condition. So basically in your inventory, so like when you go to edit your listings normally, you just click on the edit box instead of clicking edit, you click that drop down and it says add a new condition and you create another offer so you have the exact same ASIN, exact same listing. It's just another offer on that thing they call it a condition. So you got your FBA regular one and then you got an FBM one and you have to do that. So that way you can actually sell the FBA inventory. And then if you want to, you know, flip flop to the the fulfilled, you know, fulfilled by merchant, which is coming from the 3PL, then that's when you flip it to the FBM uh, inventory from there.
0: Yeah. And it sounds complex, but it's definitely not at all. Is it yeah. right? So it's, it's just in your, in the, even if, if I can do it pretty this way, I found out how to do it pretty early on and yeah. I, did it.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, the the, the the listing's already created. All you got to do is create a separate offer, and then all you got to do is like put the price, and that's pretty much, and then say that it's FBM. That's like all yeah. you have to do on that listing. You don't have to put all the images in or the copywriting, none of that. You just got to change the offer, basically.
0: Yeah. It's like if you've got a spreadsheet or a document or something like that, and you create a copy, it's literally about as much work as that in it, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And you don't see anything different. You just see FBM listing, FBA listing. Yeah. And so it's pretty. Like I said, it's pretty easy. Um, So then once you've got the inventory into the warehouses, you can start selling, right? And that's when the second phase of the strategy comes in. So basically you've got, you know, you stock into the 3PL warehouse, it's already set up, you've got your FBM condition going. So when you're launching the product, you're likely going to do a promotional launch using your FBM inventory first. So that's the inventory that's in the third party warehouse. And the reason we say that is because, you know, you're going to need more than 200 units probably, um, to quickly get that listing going, right? So you're going to be using different strategies, like maybe some potential like lower prices, giveaways, ads, etc. So whatever promotional strategy you're doing, 200 units ain't going to cut it, as we said. So you want to be able to use your FBM inventory first and get some momentum going on that product. Um, then once you've got the initial promotional push done, you can then switch to the 200 units that's in your FBA listing right to get that those sales starting to tick through and the reason you want to do that is because you want to show amazon that essentially your fba listing is getting momentum and they as you start to get more momentum on that listing that means that they're going to give you more inventory storage right so it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation because unfortunately as you're selling through fbm it's not telling amazon's warehouse that you're selling that product through right? Even though you're selling the product. So we launch with our FBM, get some momentum on the listing. Then we'll start using our 200 units in FBA and start to get some of that sales history, right? So it's going to be a bit of a chicken and egg situation, a juggling act, if you like, of switching your uh, listing, if you like, from FBA to FBM to FBA to FBM to you to me, (laughs) um, just to start to increase your FBA inventory storage requirement. So hopefully that's very simple for people to get, essentially. Uh, you might want to reiterate that in a different way, Isaac.
1: Well, yeah, but- I think, I think no, I mean, that's pretty clear. I think the, the, the idea is that you want to increase the storage limit over time. So you don't want to just sell FBM. You have to sell some of your... It'd be really easy just to sell all FBM and not worry about raising inventory limits. But ideally, you don't want to have to ever worry about FBM you know, in the future, So you do want that FBA inventory to be raised. So that's why we say you have to keep switching it back and forth, get that sales, you know, the sales going on the FBA because the FBM sales don't matter for the FBA inventory storage limits. So if you sell FBM, your your limit's not going to be raised. So you need to sell that FBA inventory. And yeah.
0: Yeah. And the way you can actually do that, again, it's very, very simple. So as soon as you're, you know, you're selling out of your FBA, Um, what you want to do is basically manage by the buy box, right? So if you think about your listing, uh, the listing itself is is managed by the FBA and the FBM, and you want to be able to switch out quickly. And um, you can quickly do that by using a buy box technique, which is essentially just lowering the price of a dollar on whichever condition you want to use, i.e. the condition is either FBA or the condition is FBM. So that's the one quick way that you can kind of switch to the customer, from the customer perspective and the Amazon perspective, where the inventory is actually going to come from. So just think of it that way is being able to quickly switch out which condition you want to use, whether it be an FBM or FBA.
1: Yeah, and so like, yeah, if, you, if your product sells at $15.99, for example, you know, whatever one you want to sell, so whatever, wherever you want the inventory to be sold from, you'll set that to $15.99. And then the other one, you'll just switch to $16.99. And then when you want to flip them, You just flip the prices and it'll sell from the other place. Um, This is something we've tested and done for years. Um, So, you know, if like the FBA inventory gets down to like 20 units, well, time to switch it over to the FBM, lower the FBM price to the the sales price and raise the FBA price. So yes, people can still buy those remaining 20 units, uh, but they'd be, they'd have to actually click some extra buttons. The buy box would go to the FBM uh, straight away. So um, yeah. And it's really important to keep an eye on your inventory and, and make sure that you're, you you don't run out, right? So this is really, you know, when you see those those numbers on an FBA inventory, that's when you pretty much have to flip those. So once your FBA inventory is selling through, you can start sending more inventory, obviously. And once you do go ahead and either ship inventory from your home or from the 3PL directly into Amazon FBA, um, find the fastest way that you can possibly do it. So, you know, you're probably not gonna be able to ship, you know, a thousand units. They're not going to raise your limit that quickly, but maybe after a couple of weeks, you can get a couple hundred extra units in there and just start sending them in. Um, just remember, just remember this might not get checked in quick enough to stay in stock via FBA. So You'll likely have to switch back to selling via FBM during this time, and you know, like Kirsty, you were just saying, uh, just flip the prices of each con- condition to make that switch. Um, just think about it in terms of how many units you're selling. You know, for the amount of time it might take to check in as well. For example, if it takes three weeks to check the the units in and ship it there from the three PL from your house, make sure you have at least three three weeks of stock left in your FBM, right at the three PL. Otherwise you're gonna run out in both places and you're just gonna have you know, uh, you know know uh, units sitting at the doorstep of Amazon waiting to be checked in and you'll go days without selling anything. So you really wanna make sure that you plan it out accordingly to where you don't run out in FBA, but you also don't run out in FBM where you're shipping too much in at a time and it's just sitting there waiting to be checked in. So like we said, as your FBA inventory starts selling faster, your limits will increase, but it may take a couple of months for this to happen. It's not necessarily Amazon's, you know, you know, favorite thing to do is work fast, right? They want to work in favor of themselves. So they don't want to put extra pressure on their warehouses. They don't want to put extra pressure on, you know, trying to receive more than they can handle. So what they're going to do is they're going to monitor this and then, you know, make sure that they can they raise these numbers accordingly. So the best sellers will get first priority. And if you're a top seller for your products, then you're going to start to get priority for how much inventory you can send in. Um, so you obviously have to diligently monitor your inventory levels everywhere. So Amazon 3PL, your home, if you have to, um, make sure you keep restocking your FBA inventory to get these limits raised as quickly as you can. So that way you can get back to normal operations for your business. You know, we never really had to do FBM. I I did FBM a little bit, but it wasn't necessary. We would do it kind of as like a, like you said, you know, to see if it cost less back in the day. Um, and it was more work. So yeah, it costs a little bit less for us if we manually fulfilled it from like our own office or something, but it was not worth it. I was like, no, like we're, we're hiring new staff every month for this, for this fulfillment thing. Why don't we just let Amazon do it and not carry the payroll and overhead ourselves? So that's what we want. We want you guys not to essentially have to touch the inventory as much as possible, but right now it's just not something that you can do. You have to work around it
0: yeah exactly and we don 't want you to stop growing your business because of this thing i mean it 's it's definitely a big thing, but it's it, that 's why you need to work around it because you 're not in control of it, and that 's one key thing that we would say is that always stick with the controllables, but if you 're not controlling when amazon's going to raise your your limits or not, or take this off or if they ever do right we have to we have to have a strategy for it. So here's another couple of tips that you might need to make this strategy work and to make sure that you get the most profit out of it as well. So you might actually be able to use your freight forwarder to help you store goods in a warehouse that they've actually got. And that's actually something that I do. So the, my freight forwarder has their own warehousing. They've got quite a few across the US um, in different states. So I'm able to do that, which is which is pretty good. Um, so number one, ask your freight forward and see, see if they can actually help you out. Usually if you are just store in goods, this can also save you money. It also keeps your backup stock available in the country of destination instead of holding it right in China. So I know a lot of people think about that as well. They say, well, my, my manufacturer can actually hold a big pile of stock for me and then they can ship it out. But as we know, air freight is definitely increasing in terms of pricing. Uh, lead times are getting longer because remember guys, the reason that this exists is because of the massive uptake of e-commerce buying in general. And so it's putting pressure points on all you know aspects of the supply chain.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right from, you know, natural you know, the materials that the products are made with, right through to lead times of making it, right through to the actual storage and stuff like that as well. So that is the reason. It's kind of a cool reason, but it's it's having those implications. Um now if you're just holding that stock in China, it's going to take longer to get there and you again you're not in control of that process. Also, another tip, make sure that you understand the shipping rates um, at your 3PL so that your profitability doesn't like completely go out of the window. Um, you might need to raise your prices or offer free shipping on your FBM condition to make up for it. So just work that out. Make sure that you understand all the costs that are associated with, with using the FBM um, or the 3PL warehouse. However, you might also just incur the profit hit and make sure that you're comfortable with that to maintain your sales and ranking. It's a bit like, you know, when we run out of stock and it might take three months, three or four months for the stock to get there on a ship, it costs us less to ship it than it was does to air freight it. But actually the reward, risk reward is better to actually send the stock by air, by air freight. Yes, we're going to take a profit hit, but at the end of the day, we're going to get in there quick and we're going to make sure that we're maintaining sales. So that's something that you need to weigh up in your business as well. So it really depends on, you know, your product margins, your sales history, your ranking, and essentially how important it is to keep in stock on that particular product
1: yeah, I mean, the idea here is that you know would you would you basically give up your ranking and, and you know the lead that you have in your category just to save a few cents per, for, per unit Probably not mm-hmm. you'd much rather have that strategy of I'm, I'm keeping my sales I don't care if I have to lose some profitability for a short period, short period of time because it took me you know six months, 10 months, two years, whatever it is to get to this place that I'm at. And I don't want to lose that. Right. So don't let like just the the numbers for profitability, like get in the way of you actually making smart business decisions. So if you have to air freight some things here or there, or if you have to, you know, offer free shipping or do whatever, um, to make sure that you can, you can keep that sales and, and ranking there and do it. Um, but you know, just realize that hopefully these are short-term things and however you've got to do it, make sure that you do that.
0: Yeah. Um, And if you, sorry, Isaac, I was just going to say, again, this comes back down to looking at your business holistically as Mm -hmm. this living entity. Right. And, and essentially what you're doing is you're just, you're incurring a short time, a short term profit hit in one, one to two months versus the whole year. Cause if you run out of stock and everything, we all know how much it costs to get that ranking back. Also how much it, um, how long it's going to take to get, to get the stock in and all that. So you have to really think of it as, yeah, I'm going to take a, a hit here, but ultimately my business is going to be better for it. So yeah, yeah think exactly. of it long-term.
1: Yeah. Be a business person, not a, you know, a profit miser, basically.
0: <laughs> yeah. And just one, maybe one more thing on that as well is I know there's, there's been a few kind of strategies out there in the strategy fear, sphere, whatever you want to call it. Um, or not hacks, the stratosphere,
1: but the strategy sphere.
0: Yeah. Exactly right. You know, someone always knowing this little trick that can get you around these things that Amazon, these restrictions that Amazon are putting in place, right? Really, guys, just don't listen to that stuff, right? Because it's here today, gone tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm not saying that those things might not work for a week or two weeks, even a month. But at the end of the day, Amazon are doing this for a reason. They don't want a ton of stock turning up at their warehouse that they don't want, right? Yeah. So they'll find a way to get rid of those hacks. If you hear any of those things, just try and stay clear of it. Just th- again, take a long-term approach to your business.
1: Yeah. You know, the, Amazon really loves it when people hack their systems and, and, and send in a bunch of inventory or m- massively manipulate what's going on, right? So yeah, they're absolutely going to shut you down if you do this kind of stuff. Like, so don't think short-term and like, oh, I'm gonna, I want to send in 2000 units. So I'm going to manipulate the shipping plans or whatever. Nah, stupid get shut down, you have no inventory, you have no stock, you have no no way to sell anything. You have 2000 units sitting somewhere that you can now cannot sell. Yeah, you can probably find a way to set up a new account, but again, you're stuck with the exact same problem. So what was the point of that, right? So doing these little hacks, doing these, you know, oh, we've got this cool trick here, like pay attention to us, we're cool gurus. No, that, that shit doesn't work. It's not gonna work long term. I've seen accounts get shut down for stupider things. So don't fall into those traps do things the right way make sure that you have this backed up. Um, You know, trying to manipulate Amazon systems only going to backfire on you. So to recap, basically, you know, we want to just let you guys know first off that you shouldn't let this issue get in the way of you growing your business. You know, there's always workarounds. There's always solutions to problems. Any issue has a solution. So, you know, And there's always going to be changes, right? So like, you know, ever since we started this business, Kersey, it's not like we've ever just said, here's the exact strategy you have to do from here until eternity, right? And it's never changed once. It's changing constantly. But the the idea here is that if you change with it and you aren't resistant to changing, you're going to stay successful. You're going to be more successful than your competitors who are resistant to change. So if you're sitting there thinking, oh man, Amazon's really screwing me over now. There's no way I can make this work. Great because I want to compete against you. You're the kind of seller that I like to compete against because we will beat you every time. If you have that mindset, you will lose on Amazon. If you have the mindset of, you know what? A new hurdle, new challenge, new way to solve problems. I'm going to do that. Then that's when you're going to be successful. So you have to have the right mindset there. So kind of just recap what we've talked about. We first talked about how you launch new products using the storage strategy that incorporates the three PLs, the third-party fulfillment centers, and Amazon FBA. So you'll get visibility and ranking on Amazon search terms. We also talked about how you can make sure you keep your Amazon FBA uh, you know, stock of new and current products refill without running out. We also talked about how to switch your sales from FBA to FBM, the conditions, as needed in order to accommodate the inventory levels at both Amazon and your third-party logistics center. And also, we talked about how to increase your storage limit at Amazon's FBA warehouse over time, basically by getting more sales. So here's what you'll plan to do next, essentially. Number one, you're going to plan your inventory between FBA and FBM to make sure you know where all your shipments go. Secondly, you're going to contact third-party logistics companies, and you'll see a list of those below here, to get quotes and pricing for your inventory and the fulfillment fees. And then you're also going to get, you know, your, obviously your goods ordered from your factory. Once they're complete, you're going to get them inspected in China. Once they pass that inspection... Then you're going to send the the inventory off to the appropriate warehouses, both FBA and FBM, so 3PL and Amazon. And then from there, you basically need to diligently monitor your FBA and FBM inventory levels to try to help you get your FBA inventory limit raised and to maximize your ability to get sales, ranking, and profits, especially during this quarter four time. So hopefully that's a pretty clear plan. I mean, I didn't list them all by number, but there's about seven steps there for you to do. And, you know, now that you know this, you're basically armed with information that'll help you, you know, grow your business through quarter four, and it's your job to implement it into your business and grow your business through action. Also, to get some absolutely free training on what it takes to have a successful business to fill your lifestyle, head to www.goteamreal.com to download our free training today. And we'll see you next week for the next Sprint to Profit episode. And as always, we wish you the best for you and your business. Bye for now. Don't forget
0: to subscribe and if you would like to get more information about selling on Amazon, head to
1: GoTeamReal.com for some absolutely free training.